Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. So we're continuing our series on rest. Uh, Very soon we're going to be jumping into a Christmas series. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But here are some uh, quotes that I came across this week about rest. The first one from a lady by the name of uh, Corrie ten Boom. Anyone has heard of Corrie ten Boom? So she was a uh, prisoner in Auschwitz, I believe, or another, uh, uh, sorry, Ravensbrück uh, concentration camp, tortured. Uh, many of, uh, as a Jew, many of the people were, were killed on the basis of their ethnicity and nationality. And here's what she says with a little bit of credibility. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. And if you look at God, you'll be at rest. Isn't that powerful? Here is a, a, a quote from St. Augustine, a prominent church leader in early church history, he says this, Our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. What a powerful quote. Here's what uh, from Psalm 62, a psalm of David, who was a shepherd and and a king, he says, My soul finds rest in God alone. Isn't that powerful? Think about those things. We can tend to look outside. Who knows the world, the state of the world? It can be distressing. The state inside of us can be depressing, but it's only through Jesus that we find rest. And so we're talking in this series about the fact that rest is connection. And rest is connection to Jesus. And rest is found in Jesus. The Bible says this, church leaders says this, people with different experiences say this. But who knows it's not always experienced by us every day, even as Christians, even as people who know Jesus. Sometimes we don't experience that. And I know that if we were to go around in this room and talk about some of the different challenges that we might be facing, some of the different experiences that we've had this year in different ways or even in previous years, we would all say that there are times of turmoil, there are times of stress rather than rest. Who's ever had that experience, that feeling when you're running on adrenaline and just day after day I've I've experienced that this year where I just, I can feel the adrenaline just surging through and I'm like, hey, this this can't, this can't last. This is a temporary measure. And sometimes when our head hurts, when we're concentrating, when our brains are too full, we can't work things out. Who knows, at times we don't experience rest emotionally or mentally. And instead of rest, we have stress. And the lack of rest is causing us stress. One of the ways that we know and experience and one of the impacts that it has 
is usually all those things, those physical, financial, emotional, mental, it usually begins to affect us spiritually and relationally. That's where it starts to to impact. And who knows that unfortunately, usually the people that are closest to us, that we love the most in times of stress, they don't always get the best of us. Who would say that that is true? And I know, uh, like many people in, with COVID, lots of people under a lot of stress, doing a lot of hours, long hours, pushed to their limits. Now, I have a, a little story. It's, a, it's slightly embarrassing for me, but I'll tell it anyway. And so uh, it was a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we have these little huddles in each of our teams where we take two or three minutes just to pray. And I was talking about our words and the power of our words and uh, in that huddle was my daughter, who's uh, she's 11 years old, and I was saying, you know, we all face challenges with our words. And, you know, sometimes I get a little bit frustrated. And so she's in this circle, and she's 11-year-old. She's wonderfully cute, a little bit sassy. And so she, I said, sometimes I get a little frustrated, and she rolls her eyes, and she goes, oh, sometimes... <laughs> And so, you know, afterwards, she was severely disciplined. No, that, that, is, that, is, that is a joke. I said, how dare you? I have a reputation. I am the pastor of this church. No, I didn't do that. That would have been unhealthy. But who knows, when you're in family, you're a little bit more real, and that's what we are as a church. And so we all face these challenges. And to be honest, that comment was a catalyst for decisions and to say hey I can't keep going at this pace because there are some impacts that I don't want to define me and as I said our relationships begin to suffer and sometimes it's okay for the people that are a little bit further away from us but the people that are closer to us sometimes they don't get the best of us and so what we're talking about is how we can experience true rest in our lives. And when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about when the situations are perfect, that when the conditions are perfect. I'm not talking about that, that time. Like Twinkie was saying, that ideal scenario where you're, you're having a coffee by the pool and you know, someone brings you a towel that, that's nice. I think we should do that from time to time. But who knows, most of the time, when we need rest the most, it's when we're under pressure. Not when things are going good, but when things aren't going good. When we're stressed, when we're stretched, that's when we need and can experience true rest. So I'm going to read a, a passage of Scripture from the book of Hebrews um, but let me give you just a little bit of background. If you know the story, some of the stories in the Bible, uh, the people of Israel were in captivity. They were in captivity. I'll just get you just to blank that out just for a second, just so I can get a little bit of uh, focus. If you just uh, And the people of Israel, they were led out of slavery in Egypt, and they were supposed to go into what they call the promised land, a place of rest, a place of prosperity, a place they could call their own. And they, they were led into the wilderness to try and recalibrate them for maybe about 18 months 
to kind of give them new uh, practices as community, new ways of operating, uh, teach them how to have a break. Hey, once a week you're going to get a day off, which is very unusual if you're a slave. Okay, very countercultural. And so uh, that was the intention. 18 months, bit of a recalibration. They ended up being there for 40 years. And there were only two guys that had the faith to go into that place, that promised land, that place of rest. And those guys were Joshua and Caleb. So they were spies in the land and they were the guys that said, look, this is a piece of cake. We got this. Bearing in mind that God had led them miraculously out of Egypt, he'd parted the Red Sea, he'd provided them with food, and still these people couldn't believe that God had enough power to take them into the promised land. And so this is where we are picking up Hebrews chapter 3, the last part there. It's not verse 1, there's another digit that I've lost there. And it says, Who were they who heard and rebelled? This is the people of Israel. Were they not all that those Moses led out of Egypt and with whom he was angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear they would never enter his rest, if not those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter. So they were invited to enter and they resisted. They rebelled against that. And so as a result, they chose to be in the wilderness. So we see they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. But we also have the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now, what the writer of Hebrews is doing here is he is giving a subtle distinction between having a belief in Jesus and having a practical trust in Jesus in everyday life. You know, there's a distinction between that. Let me put it this way. You can believe that God is good. So I believe that God is good. But then believing that God is good to you, that takes something different. You can believe that God heals, but can you believe that God could heal your neighbor? You can believe that God restores family, but can you believe that God would restore your family? And so... It's this idea of faith that takes it just beyond a belief or a concept, but to make that a reality. That's how faith is described in the book of Hebrews. Faith is a new reality where we can begin to trust Jesus in every part of our lives. We believe that God grows churches. Can we believe that God would grow our church. We believe that people come to Jesus. Can we believe that we would have the opportunity to lead someone to Jesus? Do you see the difference? Do you see what God is inviting us into? Uh, theologian Leon Morris puts it this way. He says, faith is the attitude of trusting God 
wholeheartedly. So God wants to take it's like, oh yeah, you know I exist. Okay, can you trust me enough? Can that be a wholehearted reality where I can step out? Where I can actually launch out? Where I can believe something that I can't see right now with my own eyes? This is the type of faith that God is inviting us into. But this type of trust, this wholehearted trust, this is the source of rest. It is not a source of rest. It is the source of rest. The more trust that we have in Jesus, the more rest that we have. The more we have the ability to surrender and open up all the different parts of our life, the more we will experience the peace of God in every area of our life. And this is how it works. As a Scottish preacher, Alexander McLaren, he said this. He said, Trust brings rest because it sweeps away as the north wind does the banded clouds on the horizon, all the deepest causes of unrest. So what I'm talking about is I'm talking about something that goes beyond our circumstances. I'm talking about that trust in God, in Jesus, that no matter what is happening externally, I can be grounded in a deep peace internally. Who would like that? I would like that in more areas of my life. And so there is a practical reality that Jesus can be trusted in every area of our life and it's an internal deposit before our external circumstances change. Who knows we need some circumstances to change. But if we waited until we had rest with, before everything around us has got to change, like we, our bank balance has got to change, our health has got to change, our family situation's got to change. And okay, as soon as I get all those things right, then I can be at rest. There wouldn't be many, many people at rest. No one, in fact, because we can't control all the things around us. But through Jesus, we can release control of our innermost desires and hopes and be wholehearted in trusting Jesus. I, I want to say that this is not a theoretical concept. This is not just something that you do whilst you're here, the, the short time that we have each Sunday. Uh, a number of weeks ago, um, Beck, my beautiful wife, uh, she works as an insurance broker and she had an incredibly challenging situation with one of her major clients. And so everything was going wrong. All the communication that they'd had with the client wasn't responding, left it to the last minute. Um, the, the client left getting back to them the last minute, all the presentations to the board and everything. There was a lot of pressure 
and then uh, wasn't happy with some of the things that were going on in terms of um, the market and some of the, the results that are able to get in the midst of uh, some of the turmoil the world's going through at the moment. And so just really was kicking up a stink, jumping over levels of the organisation, refusing to communicate. And so Beck was doing um, a really good job. In fact, uh, later she got a commendation from her national uh, manager on the way that she uh, conducted herself and her communications but in that moment it was a lot of turmoil and who knows sometimes when you're in those moments particularly in the workplace you just go 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 and your mind is just like thinking about all the different things that need to happen and trying to create some some circumstances who knows in those times it's really difficult to slow down and get a different perspective. So it was quite late. She was working quite late, and I think it was about 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And I said, come on, let's pray about this together. And uh, as, as part of that, I was able to support her uh, in our marriage and just say, let's pray. And the mind was just going crazy. And I, say, I said, come on, just, just take a moment just to still yourself and just to see what God will say. And I know that when your mind's going so fast, it's hard to know. It's hard to know, you know, what is the voice of God? What's God saying? And so we just sat there and she just took probably about 30 seconds or a minute. And then this thought came into her head that was totally kind of like sliced across everything else because she thought that she was going to lose the account and all these kind of things would go wrong. That's what was happening. That's what was being said. And this thought that came across and she just said, it's going to be okay. That is a picture of the rest of Jesus when we connect with him. Here's what didn't happen at the moment. The, the phone didn't ring at, the, at that time. The guy said, look, I'm really sorry for the way that I've behaved. And I apologise, here's all the things that you need and um, we look forward to a long and fruitful relationship with you. That did not happen. But what did happen, something deep within changed, which changed the perspective. This is a definition. Now here's what happens when you learn to trust Jesus wholeheartedly. We've been talking about this a little bit. We open up every room in our heart and we believe that Jesus has our best interests at heart sometimes we say oh well you know I want to be happy and Jesus wants me to be happy and that's true but it's only true when you allow Jesus to define happiness when you allow Jesus to define peace when we exchange our picture of rest that's around the poolside which is good I think you should do that you should get people to serve you coffee around the poolside. Highly recommend it. But when we exchange that singular picture of rest with the idea that no matter what is going on, that I can still be at peace, that's how God begins to speak to us. And so what we're saying is every area in your life, be wholehearted in your workplace Allow Jesus to bring rest in your workplace. With your money, we heard about financial rest last week. With your money and your finances, 
allow Jesus, as you're generous, to bring you rest because you're not just relying on yourself. With your time, Twinkie gave a brilliant example about how God said, yes, I want you to get rest through serving others. Also, each week in the Bible, we read about the idea that we should take a break from work and we should trust that God can do what we can't whilst we're resting. All these things in our area of our mind, in our emotion, even in our sexuality. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Can God be trusted in every area of your life? I believe that he can. I believe that there's peace there. I believe that there is true rest. And it's an invitation. Jesus doesn't impose himself on you. He knows you the way you are. He still loves you. And he invites you into that. Here's what I would invite you to do. is just say, I'm in. I'm in to give it a go. Every area, every area of my life, I want to learn what it is to trust Jesus. Let me give you three things as I finish up. So how do we do this? Three practical things. The first thing is, number one, that we pause long enough to hear a different voice. Tighten this up here. Pause long enough to hear a different voice. That is the voice of Jesus. Most people say, uh, many people say to me, I don't know. I don't know if I can hear the voice of God. And my uh, advice to them, give it a go. Stop long enough. To hear a different voice. If you've got someone that you know who can help you with that, who can give you a, a bit of a sense check, but just give it a go. This is what happened with Rebecca. She paused long enough. She was able to steal her mind long enough to hear a different voice, and that voice brought peace and rest to the situation. The voice of God, is it good? Does it bring peace? Does it produce love? Here are some ways that you can tell, you can discern for yourself. We learn and we pause long enough also to receive faith, to receive trust, the gift, to allow the gift giver, the, the Holy Spirit, to give us that. That's the first one. The second one is start paying attention to organising your inner world. Who here loves to organize, loves to clean? So if you've got some downtime, wow, downtime. I would love to organize something. I would love to clean something. Some of you are laughing because that's you. Some of you are laughing because you couldn't think of anything worse. We've got both of them here and we love them all. But here's what I want to say, particularly for those who love to organize. I want to encourage everybody, but particularly those who love to organise, is to pay attention to the organisation of your inner world. It needs a little bit of attention to declutter, to organise. 
you need to open up your heart and say, God, hey, what's going on? We begin to read the Bible. We begin to pray. Take a couple of moments. God, what do you want to speak to me about? I want to encourage uh, parents and busy parents as well. Sometimes the kids will have to wait maybe five or ten minutes so that you can organise your inner world. We've all got crazy schedules. Just go, go, go. But I want to ask you the question, Are you, if you're at peace, will you be a better parent? If you're at peace, will you be a better employee or employer? And so take some time just to organise the inner world, just to invite Jesus inside to let him help you make it work. The last one here is stay connected to Jesus as your dynamic source of energy. The idea of rest, biblical rest, is connection. It's allowing the life and the energy of Jesus to flow through to you. Jesus says, John 15, uh, 5, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you'll produce plenty of fruit. But separated from me, you won't be able to do anything. If you don't stay joined to me, you'll be like a branch that has been thrown up, thrown out and has dried up. Also, a thrown up branch would be a good metaphor as well. I'm going to invite Sally to, to come back on the piano. Here's what this picture is. The picture is when we're connected to Jesus, like a branch is to a vine, we don't have to create our own energy. Life is an energy vampire. But through Jesus, we just connect to that source. So we're going to take two minutes and then we'll be finished. I just encourage you just to, in this moment, bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe uh, someone here or some of you here, you've never taken that first step to say, Jesus, I want to know more about you. I know that I can't do life on my own. And I want to take that first step in following you and inviting you into my heart. And if that's you, while everyone's eyes are closed, would you let me know just by lifting up your hand so that I can pray for you? If that's you, just put up your hand wherever you are and I'll pray for you in this moment. Secondly, I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you about opening up all the doors of your heart, trusting God in every area. Maybe there's a, an area, not necessarily because you've got a bad attitude or anything, but you just haven't believed that God could work in that area. Maybe you haven't believed that God could work in the area of your finances or your family or your health. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to share what that is. But if that's you and you just want to put up your hand, just so I can pray with you, so we can impart as a community, impart faith. Yeah, I see those hands going up all over. All over. Yeah. Maybe it's your workplace. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your relationships. Yeah, anyone else's hands going up all over. I'll include you in that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. We want to be known as a church, as a community 
people who are fully committed followers of Jesus, who experience the type of rest and peace that only you can provide. And so, Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to be all in. Those that have put up their hands, we pray that you would release faith to them so they would experience the reality of Jesus in this moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just last thing before we go, I want to pray for anyone. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand for this one, but just as I was preparing, I felt that there was someone here who needs healing and what they need healing for, which is why I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand, is something that might be a little bit um, embarrassing or you may not feel comfortable sharing with anyone. But I want you to know that God knows and He wants to invite you to trust Him for healing in that area. So if that's you, Lord, we just pray for whoever that is, that you would just release faith and your healing touch. In Jesus' name. Just right now, just... Uh, Louis just just asked if he could sing that song out. But just before we go, literally one minute, I know pastors say that a lot, but I'm for real this time. God just wants to bring love. He wants to bring belonging. He wants to break. If you've experienced rejection, particularly from someone that was close to you, God wants to heal you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. This is so important that God can heal us from the innermost parts of our body. The presence of the Holy Spirit is here. Thank you, Lord. God's word says that all of the promises are yes through Jesus Christ, meaning everything that's found, every promise for God's people, Old Testament and New in the Bible, is yes through Jesus Christ. But he says that amen is ours. Amen means let it be done. So I want to encourage you this week over those areas, you begin to say amen, let it be done. It's available. Through Jesus, it's accessed through our faith. Available, accessed, let it be done. Awesome. What a special time in the presence of God. Uh, Yeah, we're going to have some food, which is also a a spiritual act, community, hospitality. I encourage you, I said this a couple of weeks ago, when you're connecting, connect in a horseshoe. Horseshoes have an opening for someone else to join. And... um, Yeah, just be on the lookout for people so that they feel invited and welcomed in this place. God bless. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.